Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. It's Tim O'Connor. It's August 5th, 2021, and we have a lot to talk about. As always, Cuomo's making news all over the place. We've got an eviction moratorium going on where the CDC... The CDC, guys, this is a government agency, has issued an executive order saying that we can no longer evict people. But first, guys, the Libertarian Party of New York, which you guys know I'm a member of, has made an official statement regarding Andrew Cuomo. The results of an investigation into sexual harassment allegations made against it, Governor Andrew Cuomo were released in a report this morning. Detailed in that report were specific specific and detailed accounts of the toxic work environment created by the government. And guys, you've you've seen the show all week. Me, Larry, Kevin, we've all been talking about this situation of creating a toxic work environment of what now it's official Andrew Cuomo has done. There seems to be some debate out there left over about whether he should resign or whether we should impeach him. But moving forward with the statement from the Libertarian Party of New York, um, The Libertarian Party of New York has joined with several others, including prominent Democrats, in calling for the immediate resignation of Andrew Cuomo, questioning his fitness to lead the state. Okay, guys, bear with me, because I've been questioning his fitness to lead the state for practically since day one, practically since he started, quote-unquote, leading the state. I would probably assign a different word. He's been dividing the state. That's his goal, divide and conquer, force his progressive agenda on everyone in the state. But, okay, that's my opinion. Let's move on to the rest of the statement by the Libertarian Party of New York. If he has created such a toxic environment that it is clearly unsafe for women in his own office, it is unconscionable to consider him a fit leader. And that's Cody Anderson, the chair of the LPNY. He has used the power of his office to coerce those who report to him to tolerate his abusive, narcissistic behavior. His testimony to the independent investigators, which was a little more than blanket denials and convenient lapses in memory. And guys, I'm going to interject again. Convenient lapses in memory. Every single political prominent official, when they're charged with something, have convenient lapses in memory. And, and man, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. I'm worn out from it. Hillary Clinton pops to mind. She was another one that always was having convenient lapses in memory, especially when she made a statement that didn't make any sense at all or was easily disproven. So here we go, Cuomo following that same political denial, pattern of denial. Anyways, back to the statement by Cody Anderson, which I, I am, I'm liking very much. Um, The convenient lapses of memory did nothing to improve that image. His statements on these allegations on Tuesdays, Tuesday's afternoon shows that he does not care about New York and that he takes no personal responsibility for the burden his actions have placed on his victims and the taxpayers of New York State. And guys, again, I'm going to interject. When we get into talking about the burdens of the taxpayers of New York State, the impeachment process itself is 
going to be political theater, okay? We're going to listen to long speeches about assembly members' virtue and the the legal fees that are going to, um, like, accumulate. Those things are real. Those are a real burden on the taxpayers of New York State. It is simple. Um, I'm going on with Cody's statement here. It is simple. Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed women on multiple occasions, and by doing so, he broke the law. When similar allegations against former Governor Spitzer were brought forward, he resigned swiftly to allow the state to heal. Rather than forcing a costly and distracting impeachment process requiring a special session of the legislature that would put New York in more jeopardy of passing more oppressive laws, Governor Cuomo must resign immediately. And for emphasis, Governor Cuomo must resign immediately. I agree with that. I think that if he cared about New York State, if he was willing to demonstrate that he actually does care about New York State, he would, in fact, resign immediately. Now, if he resigns, does he protect his governmental pension and stuff like that? Frankly, that's a small price to pay to get this guy out of office. Honestly, right? We don't want him to receive benefits from the state of New York, but his leadership in the state of New York is the most expensive leadership in the nation. So I think it's a win-win if this guy resigns, but maybe that's my opinion, and maybe you guys out there have a different opinion, which is totally fine. Please feel free to share it. And guys, again, reaching out. Feel free to give a call. The number's up on the screen, but you can call 866-552-1009. And that, talk to me directly. Pardon me, guys. Um, So when we work our way back around, things are happening even more uh, prominently displayed than the Libertarian Party of New York's official request for him to resign. Even, we even actually agree... With Joe Biden. Joe Biden is another guy that's at this point requesting or stating that Governor Andrew Cuomo should, in fact, resign. So where are you guys at in all all this stuff? Um, We have some comments from the Internet. And, guys, as you know, this show is broadcast live on WACK in Newark and WYSL out in the Rochester area. Uh, But... We're going to put up a comment and we're going to talk about this. Um, Andrew Cuomo is too much of a narcissist and a sociopath to ever step down. Sadly, it's never going to happen. And that brings up the point, guys, to me. Can we trust what appears to be a nearly feckless legislature, okay, that passes laws based on virtue, that passes, spends money faster than, faster than any other state in the nation practically, can we count on them to actually responsibly impeach Andrew Cuomo? That probably is the biggest question of all, isn't it? All right. Guys, I have a phone call. Let's bring him up on. Rich from Mendwell, welcome to a free solution, WYSL and WACK. What do you got, Rich? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. How you doing? Yeah. Oh, hanging in there. It's a yeah. good afternoon to be in the office. Mm-hmm. All right, this this voice sounds familiar to me. Is this Rich Pertel by any chance? Yeah, this is Rich Pertel. Yeah. All right, guys, Rich Pertel 
Thank you for calling in. I want you guys to know a little bit about Rich Bertel, and I've been bugging him to call in for a while. Rich is the chairman of the LPNY Legislative Affairs Committee, of which I am proud to serve as a member. So, Rich, what 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 do you bring into the show today? What do you want to talk about? Well, I think you're uh, you were chatting about the uh, governor, whether to impeach or whether he should resign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think someone commented through Facebook. I too am not very optimistic that uh, he will resign, but I think we should plead, 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 push, try as hard as possible to get him to resign. I think that is really the best approach. And if that fails, then let's impeach him. But you know, there are there are problems with impeachment. Number one, it may not be successful. I mean, we may go through all the expense and effort and the you know circus of doing it, and then fail. Um, and then if that fails, you're certainly not going to be able to ask him to resign afterwards. So for the two-step approach, fails, it makes... Rich, let me jump in there, right? If it fails, won't it actually enhance his image with a certain uh, percentage of the population in New York State if the impeachment, in fact, fails? Won't it bolster his re-election chances? Exactly. Yeah, that's another risk. Yeah, if, he, if, he, if the impeachment fails, it's going to make it more likely that he will be re-elected versus less likely. Um, he'll still be in office. So, I mean, there's there's hazards of impeachment. And one, you know, one that I brought up and suggested for Cody to put in the press release is that it's going to take a special session. So the legislature is going to have to be reconvened. And while they're there in Albany, who knows what other nonsense they might try to pass. And I do think, uh, you know, myself and other people that advocate uh, for, for legislative reform and legislative stoppage, we're not as prepared this time of year to, to jump on things if they suddenly get back in session. You know, I, I see the Chamber of Commerce, the Lawsuit Reform Alliance New York, NFIB, you know, a lot of other entities get prepared in spring to put out their legislative agenda. And, uh, and they, they track what's going on in Albany and are prepared to react. Um, you know, we're, we're all going to be kind of caught off guard if they go back in session now. And while they're there in session to handle this this goofy thing, you know, they could do who knows what else. I mean, because there were certainly agenda items they didn't complete in the spring that uh, we don't want to see happen. And, and uh, you know, there's a big risk there if they go back in session. So I just think it's it's more appropriate to, to push really, really hard and to see if we can get him to resign. And, yeah, if that, if that fails, and I agree, some people say he's such a narcissist, he won't. Um, if that fails, then let's try for impeachment. But but there's a lot of hazards to, to go into impeachment right away. I just think that's yeah, your brother, fallback position. There is so many hazards to impeachment. We've seen it used as a political campaign strategy, a political ploy. And if we doubt that our New York State legislators are going to play that game, I think we're crazy. Guys, we got to head into a break. We are live all over the Internet and live, WYSL and W-A-C-K. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for the comments. We'll be back in a few. Rich, hang with me, would you, brother? Sure. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. We will reach greatness when every American is fully engaged.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Can't I get you to sing just a few bars of Empire State of Mind? No, that's a, that's a campaign killer. All right, fine. We're going to go to the end of the debate. Unless you come to the shower. All right, we're done. Unless you come to the shower. Guys, this guy tells us who he is every single day, practically, all right? And you guys still with me is Rich Bertel, but I got a little bookkeeping stuff that I want to work on. Um, Larry Sharp, who shares this platform on Tuesdays, on Thursday nights at around 7 or 7.30, does an event called Green Room Spotify. It's an intimate setting where he encourages crazy folks like you and I to have conversations with him about current events, about vaccine mandates. If you guys are interested in joining in that particular conversation, please Check out my page. I'll share a link later if he's doing it live tonight, which I believe he is. And so, Rich, are you still there? Are you hanging with me? Yeah, I'm still here. Yep, I'm hanging with you. Wonderful. guys. And, and guys, as I live out this childhood dream of becoming a talk show radio host, guys like Rich and the comments out there online and the other phone calls that we receive, literally, guys, that's why I'm doing it. And, man, I can't, I can't thank you enough for calling in, Rich. So one of the things you and I have talked about in the past and what we're really uncomfortable with when we see this state of affairs about uh, the COVID eviction moratorium, and I, I just want to throw the ball in your court. How, how do you feel about what we see happening right now? Yeah, I mean, this, this has uh, so many dimensions. First of all, it, it was really unconstitutional to think that the CDC – the government agency could have the authority to do this kind of thing on a national level. I mean, it just, you know, that's right out there to begin with. Secondly, it, it was a big moral hazard because they didn't really say, you know, if you're laid off from your job and you're out of work and your income has gone down, you don't have to pay rent and there's a, there's a, a moratorium for you specifically. It was right. everybody. So, how many people, you know, as a moral hazard, how many people just said, oh, gee, now I don't need to pay my rent. Uh, they still have their job. They're still maybe making their normal income. A lot of us had no impact on income from COVID. Honestly, myself, with all the bailout money and everything, I made more last year than I made in a long time. And I think a lot of Americans could say the same thing. You know, their income actually went up in 2020. So, yeah. But yet we enable anybody, if they wanted to, not to pay their rent. So you didn't pay your rent for months and months. Uh, hey, you know, each each month you're finding your checkbooks growing. Hmm, maybe I can afford that better car now. Uh, maybe I can afford this, you know, the upscale uh, cable package, et cetera, et cetera. 
they're not putting their rent in their budget. They're deferring it. And now eventually, you know, the, the rooster is coming home to nest. What's going to happen to all these people when the, when the moratorium ends and they got to start paying rent, even, even not just to pay back rent, even if the government ex- somehow uh, erases that, um, are they still going to be able to afford rent in their budget if they've expanded their lifestyle to where they have been thinking about paying rent now for over a year and they just plain can't put that back into their budget overnight? Um, it was a bad approach. They, if they're going to try to help out people who specifically were financially harmed uh, by by COVID lockdown and policies, and again, I, I didn't agree with those policies either. I think lockdown was a foolish approach. We never should have done that at all. But if they helped just the people that needed the help with financial assistance rather than this broad-based policy, that would have been so much better. Um, so that's, you know, there's just so many things wrong with it. And now coming out the other side, eventually the, the, the silly thing has to end. And you and I have talked about in the uh, legislative committee, and this is something I've been made aware of for about six or seven years now, and I was really shocked and appalled when I first heard that the government was doing this. But the, the concept of surplus proceeds theft um, <laughs> happens in too many counties and too many governments in New York and around the country. And if listeners haven't heard of it before, what this is, let's say someone uh, loses their property in a tax foreclosure uh, or mortgage foreclosure, more typically a tax foreclosure, um, their property's put up for auction to pay their back taxes. Let's say they owe you know, $5,000 in back taxes, but their property sells for $50,000, $100,000, something like that. Well, the destitute property owner should get all that extra money, and a lot of times they're sent away with zero. The, the county and local government take it all. The person's left poor and destitute, and uh, it's just it's just a tragedy. It's a very cannibalistic way to try to fund government. And, yeah, uh, so out of this legislative session, we had a bill that mandates – Notification, notification to homeowners Correct. that Correct. there may be surplus proceeds. So they have to take a proactive step to get that money back. I think we, we have an example of an absolute tragedy in that department. You and I got you and I did a show with this guy, Robert Force, military veteran, had some property in Otsego County that was foreclosed upon and then sold for at least double or triple of what he owed in taxes. Even worse. Even worse for Robert Forrest, guys. He had given the county the money to cover his back taxes a couple, three, four days before the auction that his property sold at. So not only did they just deny taking his money for a long time, they literally stole his property. They took all of his excess proceeds. He's never seen a dime. So we have to take a stand against that kind of malicious behavior, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, in his case particularly, when I when I chatted with him about it, they they didn't follow the state laws as far as uh, time, notice, legal procedures. I mean, they just broke rule after rule after rule when they targeted him to take his, his farm, take his property from him. So his yep. is especially disgraceful, but um, any time that there's – and then New York, too, I think New York City, if I'm remembering correctly – caps at the interest rate at 9%, but the rest of the state can be as high as 20%. And I haven't looked Amazing. at the data to see just what's the real number, but that's ridiculous in this day and age. I mean, maybe that made sense in the 1970s, you know, when we had double when interest rates. Interest were... rates but now there's zero, <laughs> you know. Yeah, when you get to be um, me and Rich's age, you get to see a lot of different things, okay? 
Back in the 70s, interest rates were real. You could get 5% interest on your savings account. Now, you cannot get any money on your on your savings thing. One thing that I want to especially point out in Robert's case, there were judges' orders that were ignored, okay? The judge on the case ordered the county attorney to attend the auction, and frankly, that person didn't even attend the auction. They're, they're, they could have resolved this thing immediately. But to the positive, Robert has remained absolutely dedicated regardless of how the odds are stacked against him to the extent that he's participating in a documentary, guys, which we're looking forward to participating and helping create and, you know, getting the actual real story out to a much, much larger audience. Also, I want to point out our assemblyman and our senator in our Senate district and our assembly district pretend to not know about Robert's situation or pretend to not understand what would, what happened to this guy? And let me tell you right now, guys, his property was taken from him because he was pro-natural gas drilling. That's the issue. They saw a political stance that they didn't like that made them afraid. And so they went after his property much harder than they go after anybody else's. And one other point I want to point out, guys, his property was mortgage-free. And so when that happens, when they see that possibility of feasting on proceeds, surplus proceeds, and balancing their county budget off of confiscation of property, they seized on that opportunity. And frankly, it's a black eye for Otsego County, and it should be fixed. And it should have been fixed long before now. So to throw the ball back to you, Rich, where do we want to go next? We've got to fight these things. How do we amplify our voices? How do we work on it? One of the ways is this radio show, right? You calling in and talking to me about it, but what else can we do? Yeah, just legislative advocacy, you know, talk about it on social media. But I do think, you know, when we're coming out of the gate of the uh, end of the moratorium on eviction, I think I just see this thing blowing up on us. I think there's going to be a lot of tax foreclosures because of of, uh, tenants not able to pay rent, and then the landlords have been – hurt so badly now for the last year and a half that they're not going to they're going to be due back taxes and uh i i just see this maybe becoming a, a real problem and i think uh you know we ain't seen nothing yet i think we've got to get some legislature passed yeah soon. all right let me jump in because we got the bottom of the hour break coming up we've got a lot of great comments out there i'm going to share them after the break rich i hope you'll hang in for another session i'm having a blast talking to you and i think your work is incredibly important Do you mind hanging out for one more segment? Yep, I can hang out. All right. We'll catch you guys after the break. Remember, live on WYSL, WACK, available in podcast format, replayed at 5 or 6 o'clock this afternoon, and we'll see you after the break. Thank you all. And check out our sponsors, okay, guys? Thanks a lot. I get the economic hardship. Everybody gets it. Everybody feels it. You want to go to work? Go take a job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. No, there are people hiring. You can get a job as an essential worker, so now you can go to work and you're not going to kill anyone.
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. If you are upset by what we have done, be upset at me. County executive did not do this. The village mayor did not do this. The city mayor did not make these decisions. I made these decisions. It's not your local elected official. I know they caused disruption. I know people are upset. I know businesses will be hurt by this. Asked and answered. Guys, I want to be clear. I accept him taking the tiniest bit of responsibility that, that he did there. And I do blame him. I, but I also blame everyone else that gave him that kind of power. I, straight up, guys, I'm very, very, very disappointed in what I call a feckless legislative process in dealing with COVID. They granted that guy that power to take that embarrassing amount of responsibility that he did. We have some wonderful, impressive, great comments out there. We have a wonderful guest on the line with us. Guys, I'm living out a childhood dream here, but we're live, guys, on WYSL, WACK, on a free solution, on Tim O'Connor for Liberty, on a couple other pages, on YouTube, on Twitter, and I am having a blast. So a little shout-out to my buddy Andrew Hamill. He's got a great question for us, Rich, and I think you and I will enjoy wrestling with this one. Here's what's interesting. There are certain members of the Assembly and state senators who call for Cuomo's removal from office, then ask Cuomo for money for entities which cause the taxes to raise, and then they want Cuomo removed from office. And his question, this is it right here, man. This distills some of my philosophy in a nutshell. Andrew, well done. Here comes the question. Which is it? The members of the Assembly and Senate can either serve their constituents or Cuomo, not both. So I'd make one small adjustment there, and I would say the members of the Assembly and Senate can either serve their constituents or the state, not both. What do you think about that, Rich? I think... uh there's maybe some room for compromise there. I mean, they are supposed to represent interests throughout the state as well as their constituents, but uh, to the degree that they serve Cuomo directly, obviously that's wrong. And I guess I'd like a maybe a more specific example of that. I know back, honestly, back uh, in 2014, oh, Andrew will have specific examples, trust me, where, they, where these oh. guys are, local assemblymen and our state senators are saying, Cuomo's a jerk, but we want money. Andrew will put them up there, trust me. 
but but again, going back in history a little bit, uh, 70 years ago, I remember hearing people at the Chamber of Commerce and others saying that they they thought Cuomo preferred to have the split Senate and the Assembly, where the Senate was controlled by Republicans and the Assembly by Democrats. That he was a more moderate at that time, and he he felt like he had more control and power to to uh, do his agenda with the, the two houses being separated. Um, and that's completely changed now that both houses are in full control of the Democrats. So I just think that that dimension is kind of interesting, that, that, and that's come up in just the last couple of years. Um, you don't hear that talked about as much. Cuomo was supposed to be the moderate, supposed to be the guy that wanted to get things done and, and liked having the, the split legislature. But now, now that it's fully Democrat, he's still able to be very powerful. And uh, it is strange how he very quickly adapted to this new dynamic. It was it was perfectly easy for him. He is not a moderate. He's a total progressive and a total like lover of centralized power, I think. I think that he's basically been able to demonstrate that very effectively. Um, I've got another great comment from my buddy Tiny Zeus out there on the internet. Um, he watched a guy of a clip he watched a clip of a guy in North Carolina who is out over twenty four thousand dollars in rent. And guys, let me expand on that for a second. Having owned a rental property or two, when you're out $24,000 in rent, you have no way to recoup that money. That's a literal total loss. You still have to maintain your property. You can still get dragged in front of your code enforcement office. All of the expenses are still associated with that property. And let me be honest with you, too. Renting property to people is not the most profitable endeavor. It's a long-term investment gig for people who actually want to work more hours than 40 hours a week. All right. So when I get back to Tiny Zeus's comment, uh, this guy in North Carolina is out 24K in rent. He's got repairs going into the properties in excess of $5,000. He probably has, and again, I'll expand on what Tiny Zeus is saying. He probably also has taxes. He has maintenance. He has all sorts of other issues that that property costs him money. But the tenants, instead of even trying to give him any rent money and just simply taking advantage of the moratorium on eviction, the tenants are going out and buying boats and other luxury items. What a crock. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about. I got a question for you, though, Rich. Um, You mentioned it's obviously unconstitutional for the CDC to make this mandate. How... Do we enforce the fact that it's unconstitutional? How do we prove that it's unconstitutional? And, and so we have to be real. Does does a guy who is out $24,000 in rent have access to a court that can grant him relief? Who's out there that can help him? Uh, I mean, we talked to the Institute for Justice, you and I, in a couple of our, of our episodes with the Legislative Committee. Um, and I just got an email actually from Lee McGrath yesterday saying that he got like twenty action items, and their, their plate is full already. Um, there's just so much going on and, and only so many resources that groups like, you know, ACLU, the Institute for Justice, Human Action, et cetera, can take on. Um, so, but, but this administrative, you know, this, this whole blanket of administrative law has been coming for years, um, where Congress, I mean, George Will wrote a good article about this a few years back, you know, and actually more recently, you know, Congress, the three branches of government, his most recent article said, you know, Congress wasn't intended to be equal. It was actually intended to be the superior branch to legislate and then have the 
the executive execute the legislation, and then judicial branch acts as a check. Instead, Correct. Congress has become the weakest branch of all. Um, the executive branch is very powerful and has all these agencies, you know, the EPA, the CDC, you know, blah, 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 all these three-letter agencies, FDA, all unaccountable to the public, um, serving their masters. And, uh, you know, it's just grown this way over, over the course, yeah. ever since the Constitution was written, pretty much. Um, and, and you just see Congress, you know, why are we even sending the congressmen there to Washington? They don't seem to do much. I mean, if they give us any law, it's usually got so many weaknesses and loopholes and abstractions and uncertainties uh guys not that we want to be too complicated but sometimes what they do is they'll they'll put 50 different topics into a bill and it'll be too big and but yet none of the topics in the bill is fully thought out and detailed so that the executive branch agency has to fill in all the holes to make it function yeah and the legislature grants them that permission so we have guys out there literal heroes in in the U.S. Congress, guys, guys like Justin Amash and, and Thomas Amassi, who are explaining that the bills that are getting passed are not coming from the floor of the of Congress. They're coming from the executive branch to begin with, okay? They're coming from an administrative right. aide that works for the executive branch who writes these complicated laws and puts them on the floor of the Senate. And then the leaders in the Senate and the Assembly whip the votes, Period. So they're, we're not getting, these guys aren't getting paid to represent us. They're getting paid to do a job that is literally checking boxes. Am I losing my mind? Yes. Am I very disappointed? Also, yes. I don't think we ha- are being represented. I think that primarily the state wishes and will is being represented and enforced. So let's uh, give another shout out to my our, our mutual friend, Amy Dayton, who also serves on the Legislative Affairs Committee. He says the only winner is the bank. And I think... A distinct case can be made that when properties are being confiscated, one of the winners is definitely the bank, right? Oh, yes, for sure. And then adding on to that, back in 2011, New York State passed the land bank law, and that's another concern I have. And we've, we've contacted a few of the local land banks down here in the Binghamton area, and they seem to be following the rules correctly, meaning that the municipality is supposed to clear off the back taxes, clear off the liens, and turn the property over to the uh, development corporation, a.k.a. the land bank, to possibly re- redevelop it and sale, sell it. But I, I think there's states in the country where the land banks are getting involved even earlier. So it's this quasi-public-slash-private entity that's jumping into the foreclosure process very early on. Um, and actually, thankfully, in New York, New York doesn't sell the tax lien. We have some states in the country that sell the lien on the property, to a speculative private entity to make a profit on that and hope, you know, they're betting on the property owner not being able to resolve their back taxes and, and they're, they're going to capture that interest from the penalties. And it's just, that's even so, more a disgrace, I think, to push that into a profit venture instead of, you know, carrying it forward, you know, do everything possible to get the taxes paid off so that the property owners made a whole and they can keep their property, you know, and only in the worst case scenarios, Put it up for sale. Get as much money as possible. You know, don't make sure that the property is only sold to your pet buddy developer. Make sure it's an yeah. open bidding process so anyone could buy it. Get the Let price up just, as much as possible. I, and Rich, I got to jump in, man. I'm going to tell you right now that in Osego County, they have owned property and delivered it directly to a land bank without putting it up for public auction. And I hope we can shine enough light on it to straighten that stuff out. 
Guys, we have more comments. I want Rich to stay for another segment. It's Tim O'Connor live on WACK and WYSL. Oh, not technically live on WACK. It's aired at 6 p.m. But, guys, if you enjoy this, share it with your friends. Share it with your local radio station. We'd love to grow our audience. We'd love to have a bigger impact all over New York State. Thank you. We're heading into a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Rich, bear with us. COVID did not get into the nursing homes by people coming from hospitals. COVID got into the nursing homes by staff walking into the nursing home. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe. Safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585 200 3182. That's 585 200 3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Tends to be a little more conservative in upstate New York. And I think they don't know me as well. Uh, We know him all too well, guys. Look, it's coming to that time of the show where we're heading into the last segment. There's so many things that I wanted to talk about. One of our free solutions today is Rich Bertel, the Legislative Affairs Committee, a representative from Uh, Judicial District 6, a proactive libertarian and literally a personal friend. Guys, and I think he's running for office, but he's he's got some plans. I'll let him talk about that because I found another free-ish solution that actually saves me money. My friend, Dr. Mark Barreto, has redone medical care, okay? We're back to a guy, a doctor, having a local medical practice in the basement of his house, And, man, he is the nicest guy. I'm talking about him because today was my uh, six-month checkup. I have some medicine that I got to take, believe it or not, and he wants to know how I'm doing on it, so he checked out. Guys, what I managed to do was literally save some money off my insurance policy by subscribing to Dr. Mark Services. And he does things that your other doctors, your box-checking, big, huge programs do that cost you money every single time. So Dr. Mark does things like skin tag removal. He does things like counsels me on whether I have ADHD. And guys, I think that I do just so that you know. But again, besides Dr. Mark Barreto, our today's free solution is Rich Bertel. Rich, are you still with me, brother? Still here. All right. So we got another, uh, first of all, guys, and thank you to all the comments. We're going to set Rich up on a live feed so that you can call in and talk to Rich and I directly. But today we got to respond to the comments coming through on the internet. And so we've got my buddy Ken Williams out there in the audience. I think he's talking about, and let me read his comments, private citizens defense. 
show me legislative law in writing. My priest and my doctor, and that's also his comments here made me think of Dr. Mark and my experience with him today, which was, as always, positive. My priest and doctor are my legal authority. Constitutional control is law, not Fauci, CDC, Cuomo, Health Department. And he says, just say no and make a citizen's arrest. Now, I'm, I'm going to dump one on your lap, Rich, that you, you may not be up to speed on. But there ha- I've had conversations with our mutual friend Jim Ostrowski about the fact that any impaneled grand jury can, in fact, press charges against a guy like Cuomo. All it takes is guts and grit and a decision to do it. So if there was a nursing home death in Tioga County or a nursing home death in Otsego County that someone could directly draw a direct link to Cuomo's policies on nursing homes, which, guys, holy cow, the, the, oh, my God, the, the Department of Justice declined to continue its investigation. Guys, these, these agencies are politicized. We all know that. So to bring it back around, any impaneled grand jury could actually bring charges against Cuomo, anyone in the state, anywhere where an offense occurred. What do you think about that? Is that an exciting like option? Is that something that we should explore? Should, is that something that we as the legislative affairs of the LPNY, do you think that that's something we should advocate for? What do you think? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, but, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to stick to a, uh, we're a small group with a limited amount of time and energy, so we're really trying to stick to legislative uh, activities only. But there is certainly room for attacking things judicially. Uh, when we had when we had Lee McGrath on with the uh, Institute for Justice, they go both directions. They're a bigger group. They have quite a few attorneys. So they've got legislative pathway, and then they have a litigation pathway. So they try to reform legislation. And like I said, they had to mention earlier in the show, they have 20 key action items on they're working on now. And then they're also attacking through the courts. They're suing, uh, you know, some of the ACLU, they're suing people uh, elected officials, especially for violating the Constitution, for violating our rights. So I think there's room certainly to be, do both. Jim's correct, and I think uh, the Erie County LPN, LP chapter uh, does a lot in that uh, vein. And of course, having Jim in their back pocket is a wonderful thing. So Erie County is I the bomb. That's that's, that's the home of Dwayne Whitmer, right, guys? Dwayne Whitmer ran correct. for Congress. Yep. Dwayne Whitmer is running for, I believe, Erie County Comptroller. And Dwayne Whitmer, running for comptroller, believes taxation is theft. I don't know how you don't elect that guy. I don't know how you don't go find him and contribute to his campaign because that's the guy you want running the comptroller's office. Agreed. Um, I have, if you, I, I just, I'm, I'm having so much fun kicking around this Cuomo stuff. I'm glad it's finally come to a head. I have an article, actually, an editorial, and guys, Please, in your brain, learn how to make a distinction between an editorial and an article. An article is a a presentation of facts, um, and lots of articles include editorialization. But what I have is an editorial that I I enjoyed reading, and I read it for the show today. It's by Chris Cizilla. He's an editor-at-large at CNN, and he is actually starting to pan Andrew Cuomo. And, I, I mean, can you imagine having the guy's brother on? as a, you know, anchor, and then not, don't you have to shade the news? But anyways, Edwards, let me let me throw one at you. 
the title of the editorial is Andrew Cuomo's Utterly Disastrous Response to Letitia James Attorney General's Findings. He feels like Cuomo tried to use the sympathy ploy. So Cuomo transparently tried to curry sympathy with New Yorkers by explaining away as crossing the line of appropriateness with a former staff named Charlotte Bennett. Saying, and guys, this is horrible, right? Saying it reminded him of a family member's experience with sexual assault. So basically he made her feel uncomfortable on the issue of sexual relations because he knew somebody else that had been a victim of sexual assault. Does any of that make any sense to anyone out there? And I'll start with you, Rich. What do you think about stuff like that? Yeah, uh, uh, I got a copy of the of that statement from him, which is, what, like 20 pages or so. Yesterday, oh I read it last God. night. There was a PDF file sent to me by, I think, Laura, Laura Newell, the LPNY treasurer, is the one that may have, may have shared Another it. Another proactive um, libertarian. But, yeah, she, uh, he kind of, like you say, he said he forgot a few things, but then he owned up to quite a few. And, and essentially, he said, hey, I'm just, more or less, if you want to condense it all down, I'm just a really affectionate person. That's kind of oh what, it, what it comes comes down to, because he said, "Yeah, I kiss men, oh. I kiss women, I do this, I do that." I, you know, so that's a lot of his his, his comments can all be boiled down in, into those uh, few words. You know, I'm just a really yeah. affectionate person, and uh, that's I how just, he just seemed to rationalize a lot of it. He rationalized everything, and guys, I don't want to brag, right? But I'm literally smart enough to know when someone's not that smart, and I'm telling you all right now, Andrew Cuomo is not that smart. That's one of the reasons why we get these weird dystopian responses from him. That's why he's so easy to make fun of, even though not everybody in New York State actually buys into making fun of him. Look, we're heading in to the bottom of the show, the end of the show. And, guys, this hour flies by for me. I got to, again, say thank you to Rich Patel for joining me today. Rich, you got any comments you want to make in uh, closing here? Uh, I'm not sure how much time I have left, but... Uh, you know that the biggest bill we tried to stop or, or get toned down was the A2681 OSHA for germs. Yes. We'll talk more about that in the future. Guys, Rich is going to come on live with me, whether he knows it or not. We're going to have him on the StreamYard link. We're going to have him on the CleanFeed link. When we do that, Rich is going to be able to, you're going to be able to call in and talk to him as well. Thank you all for being here. W-A-C-K, W-Y-S-L. 